0: Super Yacht Radio. Walking the
1: Plank with Pippa and Dave. Welcome to Walking the Plank with Pippa and Dave. Um, Wherever you are, we are very glad that you've joined us today. Pippa is um, somewhere very exciting. Well, you've got an iceberg behind you, but that's a Zoom backdrop. You're in a place where you shouldn't find icebergs. Pippa, how are you, my dear, and where are you?
0: I'm in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. How
1: how frustrating for you. You're in Hawaii. You're on a magnificent boat there, a boat that we've had on the show many times. Um, But you can't go on shore, can you?
0: No, darling. Can't even go. Can't leave the boat and go ashore at all. You're like that little kid
1: outside the candy store that just can't go in.
0: Well, imagine some of the crew, they've been on here for months. (laughs) As they say, it's the best view from a prison ship. The Skylines bar is the best view from a prison <laughs> ship that you can get. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, it's like 26 minutes past midnight here, and of course 10 o'clock view in the UK, I believe. Uh-huh. Or uh, uh, in Ireland, oh, actually. We're,
1: we're, we're not in the Ireland, UK yeah. anymore. God. We gained our badly, independence.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: whatever. Yeah, well,
0: Brexit is causing us all sorts of problems, just trying to ship parts from the UK. Um, Yeah! Wow, what a nightmare! Last couple of days we've uh, we've had to um, change our whole idea until this mess goes away. The initial startup mess goes away.
1: Uh, Out of interest, I've been looking at the news reports over here. We are at a at a retail level um, suffering many problems. If if you go into your uh, average Irish supermarket, of which we have some fantastic ones. I I have missed them while I've been away from Ireland, and uh, you will see areas on the shelves that are empty of what used to be a British product. For example, I don't know HP sauce, God forbid, but that kind of thing. <laughs> so we do have little little areas in the in the shelves that. Uh, are empty due to Brexit. However, if you go to somewhere like uh, Marks & Spencer's, which is a big British brand, uh, Marks & Spencer's stock their shelves pretty much entirely from the UK. They send over a container load of stuff, and it goes on the shelves, and they have got very empty shelves. In fact, most of their supermarket is empty shelves. Now, what I'm reading is that this isn't necessarily a Brexit problem, but it seems to be more that those uh, exporters didn't do their homework and they ended up being not prepared for Brexit when it rolled out. And that's what's causing the the supply problems. Having said that, a lot of them are now putting in place the processes they should have had in place, and that the supply lines should clear up. Is that your experience, or you well, I, I think
0: it? I think we yeah, we all hang a, we all hung around, shall I say, but from us as a company we you know we carry our us stock in the uk for for distribution in europe and that's the way we've been for the last 10 years or whatever so
1: um, so, so you buy a- you buy goods in in the states you ship them to the uk and then from there you distribute around the what used to be uh-huh. eu block for you
0: yeah correct yeah. so and if you remember well i'm going back 18 months ago now remember you, you even looking for a house for us because we were thinking about moving everything down to Palmer. If That's you remember, right, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah and, that, and the plan
0: was at that point in time that we were going to shift all the stock down to Palmer, and and that was what we were going to do. And that didn't, we didn't do it in the end. We we thought we'd hang on. We were pretty confident that there would be a deal. Uh, of course, we got a bit jittery near the end there. But the deal, this deal, did come in. You know, they did get the deal. Um, and I've I, I personally think that I may well have underestimated what that deal was going to do. Um, in fact, I mean, not an hour ago, two hours ago, we had a boat call us um, from the south of France looking for some parts, and our shipper in the UK, our warehouse is in his facility. So, um, you know, I. I rang him up he was surprised to hear me from me of course um <laughs> it was quite early for him and he knew i was in hawaii so uh, anyway i i gave him a quick call and and, and and talked to him and he said well if it's going to an end user and they don't have an eo eori number it's going to be VAT." and you know and, and where were the products made and what's the port of origin and the place of origin of the parts and um and i said you know we went through all this last week he said ah yeah but that was." To a company, you know, to companies to um who have an EORI number, and then there was nothing, you know, it was like doing business before, but you know, was some extra paperwork, you know, um, commercial invoices and that sort of stuff. But um, you know, now it's going to an end user, all of a sudden there's tax again, and um, I'm you know, I I, I I bow to his superior knowledge on it because he's doing it all day every day. But my understanding of it was that there wasn't going to be, but there is. And this is, this time, you know, where are we? The twenty or 19th or 20th or wherever we are. Um, it's just the first time we've ended up shipping to a an end user. We've always shipped to companies uh, it's, since since January. It's the beginning of January.
1: Um,
0: so... I'm, okay, I'm, I asking, need to look into
1: this, it. Is this the difference between it being a private boat and a commercial boat? No. Um I mean this boat is commercial.
0: good client of ours, dealt with them for years. Um, shipped them all over the world over the, you know, they travel around a lot, so we've mm-hmm. shipped them all over the world. And, and um, I've declined to go back to the engineer just yet and say, hang on, I'm gonna have to charge you tax out of Europe. Um but, you know, I want to um, – Deborah's going to look into it more this morning and, and do some more research and ask our accountant some more questions because that's not the way I understand it. It's potentially that, potentially that it is, and perhaps when we get our expert on you know, we can we clarify that, you know.
1: You used a term that I'm not familiar with, and I'm probably going to be shut down and be told I'm really naive and I should know these things. E-O-R-I number. What is that? It's like a taxation number. It's, it's um, like a
0: VAT number. And is this a Brexit thing? I haven't heard of this. Oh before. no, we've had them. We've had them for years. I mean, for shipping out of the US and stuff. It's it's a taxation department. Okay. To be honest, I I don't fully understand what it means. Or any either. You know, we have an accounts department that deals with that normally, and you know, I'm I'm much more into the technical side of it than the money side of it. So um anyway i mean i'm I'm, you know hopefully we can get some clarity on that and from our expert when we get one and uh and or from deborah later in the day today she'll come back to me and tell me what what i can and what i can't do and or what we can and can't do so
1: so does that does it make your products uh more expensive to an eu purchaser if if you've got a client in as you have france um are they looking at uh, at it costing more to deal with you as your British supplier? If the taxation side of it comes in,
0: yeah, without a doubt, because obviously we imported that from the US over the last five years. I mean, some of it, the, the stuff he's looking for currently is stuff that we've had in stock for, you know, it's a fast turnover point, so we've probably only had it in stock for three or four months. Um, but we paid and duty and everything on that when it came into the country. So we've already taken our US cost, um, added freight, um, shipping um, VAT and duty on it. Although I think they came into the UK duty free actually, but we've all definitely added 20% VAT to it. Um, And so that's what it's our cost now sitting in, in the UK. So if I've now got to charge VAT on that to go to a client at the other end, yeah, it's increased the value quite considerably. And at that point in time, I may as well just ship directly to him from the U.S. And then again, if I have to do that, I have to do that. I mean, he's used to receiving goods from us from the U.S. And um, and then perhaps later on in life, I I I go back and take up some of my um, look, what- some of my former family members uh, activities <laughs> um, brandy rum and things like that take, <laughs> in the 1700s come to mind
1: <laughs> what if um, what if the, the boat's on tpa i mean i may be asking questions here that you um, i i'm you know like i'm t- not i i'm not into that i i really not
0: you know i i, I know uh, I know some of the some of the questions that have come up with crew and things recently um, and that ever that will affect me um, and I've uh, you know the, the so you know this morning is the first time I've come up across this this problem of supplying to an end user in in the in Europe uh, as I say to companies it hasn't really changed at all uh, and we've made probably 30 shipments since. January the first to companies in in Europe, so um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting one, and we'll have to see where it all comes from. Um, and um,
1: and I
0: mean, go, it will go, be
1: interesting going forward. Would it um, would it make sense for a UK based company like yourself? Um, to do, I mean, this is uh, you just mentioned you looked at doing this to establish a company in say France or Spain or somewhere like that and move your operation into the EU block.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, like I say, it was a consideration a couple of years ago or eight, 18 months, two years ago,
1: and um. <clears throat> So That's, think... At that stage, you had no idea what the Brexit deal or no deal was going to be or what it would look like or how it would manifest. Uh, now that the beast has been ripped from its mother's womb, as it were, at the ele- not even 11th hour, ninth hour. <laughs> um, I mean, it really was at, almost at the stroke of midnight that that they... they <clears throat> cobbled, if I may use that term, something together. Uh, now, now that you know what the, the face of the beast looks like, I- is that something that you're considering uh, as, a, as a UK-based company?
0: Uh, I mean, you know, the, I think the main reason, a lot of water under bridges since we looked at doing it, and I think the main reason we didn't do it at the time was um, the hassles of setting up a Spanish company and all that sort of stuff at the yep. time. Um and uh you know we we've we've now sort of got um an office in down there with a with a local who's uh running it on our behalf, a local guy Darren who's running it on our behalf. That, that's
1: in the uh, Spanish territory. Yeah, that's in
0: yeah. Parma. Um so we've uh, you know, he does sales and stuff. He doesn't carry any stock or anything and he you know, he's he's self employed for us and does so it does it on commission basis. Um but in essence we may end up having you know, he has a company in the in Palmer, so it may well be that we end up um shipping directly to him from the US and then he can distribute throughout Europe. I don't know. It's it's something to really think about. You, you know me, Dave. Though I mean, I'm one of these people that that I don't get excited about anything until I actually know what I'm dealing with, and then mm. we work it out when we actually know what's going on. Because to try and guess everything on Brexit was was just a nightmare.
1: Yeah, I mean, nobody, everybody, ev- everybody was was in that situation where you you, you can't strategize because um, you, you're dealing with an unknown. Uh, yeah, I mean, that exactly. that was all the way not just from from. Um businesses like yourself well, that was all the way into the government and
0: well yeah and now that you know now that we've got we, we do have we may not have some absolute guidance on what's happening at the moment you know nothing must might it's probably defined in somebody's head somewhere but we're I mean, not that we all understand it fully but you know as time goes on the dust will settle things will go back um I'm almost positive pretty much on the crew side of it that that you know that the once the dust has settled, uh, a lot of the uh, problems that the South Africans and New Zealanders and everything have been facing for years with the Schengen countries um, will all go back to the to a level that is relatively normal when everybody starts to understand. And I mean, this is just my personal opinion, I'm not saying this is the rule, you know, but um, I, I think it'll all settle down to a point where the. Uh, that the authorities uh, will find that it's just about as impossible to um, maintain as the crew members themselves are going to find it. I mean, it was, you know, when you've got, I don't know how, what the percentage of South African and New Zealanders and Kiwis, uh, sorry, New Zealanders and Australians that are working in Europe on boats is, but um, it's pretty small compared with a vast number of British people that work on boats. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the small numbers of Australians and, and um, New Zealanders and South Africans was probably dealable with by the local authorities, but now on mass of the whole British population that's going to want to do it um, and need to sign on and sign off boats if they leave the port area. and I think that the paperwork will just become
1: bigger than gung-ho. Um, it's a busy time for yacht agents uh, because they've... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. Probably going to be getting a lot of calls from both saying, "Just deal with this," um, yeah. you know, navigate us through these these new waters. There's another side to the crew though, uh, which kind of surprised me, but didn't shock me, or shocked me, but didn't surprise me. I don't know which is the way to go on that. I read in one of the Spanish papers that. A uh, somebody with an English ticket, say a captain, with an English ticket, uh, can no longer skipper a Spanish-flagged boat because their qualifications are not recognised. And, and that um, that will that will change if you if you think about
0: um, if you think about the the how it works anyway. I mean, you know, it's going to be MCA licenses uh, um, have always been able to be transferred to, um, you know, local licenses all over the world. I mean, it's it's just a matter of, it, it, again, it's going to be time until this problem comes up and that this is how we fixed it and this yeah, is, is what you've got to do and then it a, will become the norm again.
1: Is this not, I mean... <clears throat> There's a there's been a a, a, a a consistency through this Brexit. Actually, it's not. It's been a consistency throughout English England's membership to what used to be the European Union is now the EU and whatever. That it's always been one foot in, one foot out, and trying to get at that almost like I don't know. That England has this special relationship uh, with the EU and it should just all work out in the end. I
0: Well, if you think about it geographically, it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was the currency thing. The currency came along. Oh, no, we want to keep sterling. Well, you know, there's always been this taste that, you know, you guys just don't want to be in the party. And from an EU perspective, one of the things that was voiced uh, early on in the Brexit thing was that the exit for England uh, fine is going to happen because uh, England or the UK voted for it, not just England, but the UK bloc uh, voted for it, not to make it too sweet a deal because if it is too sweet a deal and... England gets everything that they want. So it's, it's really just painless. Then you're going to end up with other countries in the EU going, Oh, we'll do a Brexit as well. Who the hell needs to be in Europe? We'll all jump on the Brexit bandwagon. And there are plenty of countries like Ireland who, yeah, EU works great for us. But there are other countries where there is a um a growing voice that wants to exit uh brexit so i don't know i mean is there a point where the eu will go you know we, we can't be making all these problems just go away because it will just become such an attractive deal for all the other members that we're going to start looking at the dismantlement of the eu hard one I mean, I, you know, I'm of an age
0: where I, it was my very first vote, um, and that was to not go into the European Union, it didn't appeal to me back in the day, as a child. Well, well a, no <laughs> a no joiner,
1: we know about people, like it, we read about you in the history books.
0: Yeah, so, I don't know, was I anti it all the time, I, I it's it's hard to say. You know, I still remember though, even after, you know, even when we were in the economic community or whatever it was that we joined originally, I mean, I still remember hard borders back then, you know, when in, in, driving through, um, you know, driving to Austria or whatever, you'd go through hard borders. I mean, you, you know, you used to stop in, in Germany, get stopped in Germany and how much fuel did you have and that, and, and 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 you know it used to be like that I and mean, even when we were in the eu that those times existed the
1: menton border with france was was, a nightmare. I, was I was actually just thinking of that uh, oh. that, that 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 toll bridge that, that just happens to oh. be on the italian border yeah
0: yeah uh, and but you know i mean Back in those days, it was, a, it was a toll, but it was also a customs area. So you'd well, exactly. to pull off to the right-hand side. And you, and and, you can
1: see it. I mean, oh, it's nice. this huge, wide wow. expanse of laneways. That, yeah. um,
0: uh, and, you know, uh, I, I used to drive from coaches in those days and, and do European things in coaches on on and, and leave and things. So, yeah, the time I spent at those borders and sitting in those tunnels as you approach it, you know, you know, crawling through those tunnels mm-hmm. as you to get down to it, and in the middle of summer, the the queues were kilometres long coming into it. Oh, um, we're, we're talking about eighties here. 80s, yeah, I guess 90s? it was probably it was a the early to mid eighties. I can't remember yeah. when that those all that all sort of went away, but you know, it was a period of time when it all it did all go away. Um,
1: and in uh, recent in recent decades, I mean, since the nineties. It's been pretty up border. I think the I, I think the only hard border in the EU, um, you know, a, uh, mid eighties going into the nineties was probably Northern Ireland, and that was that was more of a security thing, yeah. than, a, than a customs. Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I remember that too. I remember you know.
0: I remember that. Um, I can't remember the little village. You know, there's up on the border there. There's Newry. Yeah,
1: yeah Newry. Yes. Yeah. 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 it's now the mecca for dental work it's so much cheaper is it? Up there. yeah well yeah it was before brexit I don't know anymore but that actually yeah. is that's becoming a that's that's become a real problem for us here um in that the Northern Ireland uh, uh, peace accord the Good Friday agreement which was um uh, an agreement made by Bill Clinton was involved heavily in that as president. And one of the stipulations in that agreement was that there would be no longer a hard border between the north of Ireland and the Republic. And it was on this basis that both the loyalists and the Republican army put down their weapons and said, okay, on this on this agreement, and this was core in the agreement, uh, you know, we'll go for peace. And we've had peace since then. A few skirmishes here and there. There's always a few radicals that don't want to give up. But for the main part, it's been a very nice, peaceful existence. Now, since Brexit, we're seeing um, what they call the real, and that's rabbit ears, um, the real IRA, uh, starting to pick up their guns and, their their weapons again. We've, the last week, they claimed they tried to shoot down a British helicopter. Um, the British are saying we've actually got no evidence of that, but the real IRA, IRA the IRA are saying that yeah they took about nineteen or twenty shots at a helicopter. I'm sorry if you can't hit a bloody helicopter after nineteen shots, really. Um, but we are starting to. And there's there's also I think some incendiary devices were found. We are starting to potentially see um, a, a, a resurgence of um, paramilitary actions and potentially a, a returning to the conflict in the north, which serves nobody's interests.
0: Yeah, that was a terrible uh, that, time.
1: That is, and it's it's a, that was one of the the kind of backbreakers of the whole Brexit deal making thing with uh, the UK. Was the Northern Ireland question? How to, yeah. how to impose a customs border without having a border? Yeah, so,
0: yeah. Well, it happens in 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 the port of departure from England now, doesn't it? That's yeah, it's
1: yeah. They they so. they we thought about it. So there's um, that uh, which still leaves a UK border without any any customs on it between north and south. So that's. That's something that's going to be taken big advantage of, I think, especially by yeah. farmers. Um, <laughs> I remember yeah, back, sure. back in the 80s, there was a farm on the border and there were a lot of EU subsidies for milk and cows, depending on which side of the border they came from, etc. And there was one farm that had a shed. It was a pretty big shed. And the cows... and yeah, this was the con that was going on. The cows would go in one side, say, in the Republic of Ireland, and they would emerge on the other side of the building, uh, suddenly in the north of Ireland. And then and, and then they'd be brought back the proper way, and there was a subsidy given. It was a huge scam that farmers on both sides of the borders were, uh, were orchestrating. Uh, wondering if that's going to resurge. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a it's an interesting concept. Um, from from my personal point of view, I I think that you know, so I could see see what happens, day by day. Uh, the dust will settle, and a lot of um, you know, not all of the everyday stuff that that that, that goes on will just go back to where it was. Uh, that's a personal opinion, and I'm um, you know I'm not saying that. I know. I mean, there were some discussions on. Um, on social media the other day about it, and somebody that I know very well and I respect and admire, and I had a, had a difference of agreement because you know he was saying, well, you know, this is the law, this is how it's going to work, and I'm, uh, and my gut feeling is that, and I, and I don't disagree with him. I think it, it is the law, but you know, um, I I think that uh, to police it is just going to become an impossible task and. The local authorities in these European companies, where these boats are, are just not going to have the time or the ability to have to deal with uh, the number of crew that need to go, say, from Monaco to Viareggio for a you know for a day's meeting with the agent or some you know that that what we would have conceived to be just getting off the boat and doing what you were to do. Um, I can't see that those sort of uh daily occurrence or things are gonna uh have to be dealt with in such a way where we sign off the boat we, you know we go do the job whatever we're going to do and we come back and even sign back onto the boat um how's it going to i just don't see how it's going to be policed um you know i'm 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 certain if that you could roll up to we'll use the menton border as a as a as a, an example, again, I'm sure if you roll up there in a British registered vehicle in the next five or six months, you're going to be stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 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 sort of convinced about that. Likewise, any of the borders into from France to Spain or anything, you, you're going to be stopped and asked a lot of questions. And you know, you might you you're going to need to have all the paperwork for that car in place and all the right things in place. And
1: um, yeah, sure cool. of it. Um, I've got a friend uh in in Palma she's she's uh, American um she's she's got residency in Spain um however under the terms of her uh residency or, or, or visa she can't leave Spain for uh, certain periods you uh, she doesn't have that free that freedom of of mobility within the EU yeah. bloc. And um, if she's got doing so, then there are repercussions. Why can't it be the same for the for a EU, for a UK citizen? That mm, if well, if they have a visa I, for being in France, then yeah. they're in France. But if they nip into Italy, they're contravening that visa. You know, I, I don't see why everything should just go back to the way it was because if it was going back to the way it was that's that. then you're back back in the EU scrap Brexit well
0: there's yeah uh, i mean there's the logistical part of it and then there's the practi- you know sorry the practical and logistical part of it and then there's the the written piece back where you know everybody in England has got they've got they feel that what they voted for the sovereignty and all that sort of stuff is 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 theirs you know we we do have a a border there, and and you know we've got we have. Um, I was talking to the captain on board here t- t- today, and he was mentioning he's Scottish and he has a home in Spain, and he'd flown into France at some stage and on his getting to the boat recently, and and the Frenchman had laughed and joked and said, "No, no, you can't come. You got to use this passport over here." And they, you know, they they'd had a bit of uh, the open with a sense about humor yeah that was that's sure he was in that, France. That's, yeah i almost didn't i almost didn't believe him when i heard the, heard the story but um no but you know I, there's going to be an aspect and there's going to be the there's going to be a um it's going to be a, a core of the hardcore on the border you know and we i think we've all heard of the stories of the ham
1: sandwich and uh you know that, that there's going what's to be this, the hardcore. What's the story of the ham sandwich.
0: I don't truck move truck in your circles. <laughs> well, this was, I mean, it was on the news. It was on the British news, darling. Um The truck driver, wait, wait. they got stopped because he was crossing the border and he had a ham sandwich and it was carrying meat. And then they made him throw the sandwich out and he wanted to eat. He said, well, I want to keep the bread. That's not meat, you know, and they said "Well, was contaminated. And the guy was just being an ass. Um, and And the truck driver was goading him a bit. And, Of course, recording it, you know, was recording, it was being recorded. So, um, I mean, there's going to be the people who stick in the mud, and they're gonna, uh, it's always, it's, it's, that. I mean, I, I sort of, and I'm just going away from breakfast, brec- breakfast, breakfast, Breakfast. Um, the Keep one focused. of my experiences, yeah, one of my, um, one of my. Past experiences of Honolulu. I was flying in from, I was looking in a boat out in, uh, in, in Palau and flying back through, uh, back to the US. It's Christmas Eve. And in those days, I was actually married to a US citizen and was still traveling on a B1B2 visa, which I shouldn't have been. And having had a couple of beers on the flight, <laughs> um, arrived at the first point of entry into the US. We're quite merry. Asked the question, where was I going for Christmas? And I said, oh, I'm going to see my wife in Florida. <laughs> and uh, a couple of questions later, I'm thinking, oh, God, i have saying all the wrong things here. <laughs> B1, B2 visa. Um, you know, married to an American. And she was really good. The lady was really good. And she could see I was, you know, digging holes. And she said, I believe you have another passport. And would you like to go to the back of the queue? and start again them, start again on your other passport super
1: up and start again yeah, yeah,
0: again uh, and uh, she I mean it could have been such a disastrous night and yet she was really good about it um, by the time I got there the second time with my Australian passport
1: <laughs> I love
0: <laugh>. um, yeah I love again. yeah yeah right. said, and, uh, you know uh, And through I went, but um, yeah, it's it it could you know, and it's going to be like that, I think. For you're going to find the good ones
1: and you're going to find the bad ones when you're going Mm -hmm. through borders and things. Um, I mean, there has been. I mean, you mentioned about the benefit of having more than one passport. Uh, There has been a surge in the last. Geez, how long's Brexit going on? Three, four years four years i guess four years uh, it, it got to a point where as an irish person there was a plenty long queue to get a passport why because there was a lot of english people who were literally digging up great great grandfathers and mothers in an effort to in some way validate themselves as an irish you know, heritage and therefore be uh, eligible for an irish passport and the same with france there were people yeah you know, there were there were people in england who were going oh know, yeah uh, battle of hastings yeah we got a french relative who came over for that hey <laughs> we got a passport and i i you know i think a lot of people who uh who are concerned about brexit have now got themselves uh dual citizenship
0: yeah i i well i've had thought- Dual and triple citizenship for a long time. But, yeah, well, um, we don't even. It's
1: um, that's a whole new show. Uh, none none of
0: the, none of them benefit benefit me in Brexit. <laughs> but um,
1: everybody the, has um, some Irish in them somewhere. You'll I'm find absolutely it. sure. There's a paddy in there somewhere. Um, well, especially coming from Fishguard, I'm sure you know ah. it was. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There's probably no documentary evidence, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure.
0: Well, my. My um, my brother-in-law was Irish. Simon. <laughs> he was <Hey>. a Cleary. <laughs> that's close enough. That'll do us. Uh, yeah, that's a, a a good Irish name.
1: Yeah, I I, I
0: think the, the the scenario with Brexit is, we're at is we we're in it. We're going to find out what you know. Time is going to tell what ha- what's going to get away, what we're going to get away with, what we're not going to get away with, um, how the laws are going to be. Um, the written law is going to be uh, looked at by uh, officials wherever we go, uh, and there'll be a streamlining of it all
1: given a period of time. Um, As a self-confessed never jo- no joiner from the 70s, do you think it's worth it? Do you think this old Brexit thing, I mean, do you really think that England... Benefits that much? I mean, yes, there's the argument of, oh, we regain our sovereignty. You never lost your sovereignty. All you did I, was, yeah. you, 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 you know, we had a, a central European um, legal structures, etc. That uh, we were all got it by. But you know, do you really think that the the argument to leave is, uh, you know, that is worth it?
0: Um, and I don't. I, the answer to your question is, uh, I don't actually really know. I was when 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 the whole idea of Brexit came up, and yes, I did a, a second time. I voted to leave um, on this last occasion, um, but I think I did did it in in so much of a way that that I felt that I don't know about sovereignty so much. So, um, I I I do feel that. Britain ha- has been taken um, advantage of by by the
1: Europeans financially. When
0: that was
1: an argument that uh, Boris Johnson touted with his Brexit bus, and. You know, he was going. Oh, we give Europe. I can't remember the figures. Three billion you know, a year or a it was. Yeah, month or whatever. or whatever, it was. But the actual yeah. when you when you actually got the balance sheet out, and you looked at the numbers, England financially benefited a lot more. And this was one of the big lies of of, of Boris Johnson. Now, yeah, you might give us three billion a year or whatever the the period, but you're getting back five. And so there, there was that feeling of like, oh, we're you know, we're supporting the whole of the yeah the numbers. That wasn't the case. That wasn't the reality.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe we were wrong. Maybe I was wrong. Um, um, uh, not me admitting I'm wrong. There you
1: go. <laughs> Well, <laughs> on the are, are air we as well. recording this is <laughs> anybody got, oh, this is the one time i forgot to press record <laughs> um
0: yeah i don't know it's it's, it's uh it, it is what it is we've got to live with it make the best of it
1: um hey you're copping out of the answer there do you do you think hand on heart do you think at this time knowing what you know i know Things will change. Things will mature. People will get used to it. Yada yada yada. Uh, do you actually think at this stage would you go? Yeah, this was a bloody good idea. We should have done this ages ago. Or do you think? You know what? Uh, I think you know the answer to that. I, I'm, I know, but I want to hear it from your lips. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm yet to be convinced that that it was perfectly the right thing to do yet to be convinced
1: uh, that, that that is such a husband answer <laughs> when asked why didn't you bring walk oh, the dogs well uh, I, yeah so the answer is no you don't think it was a great idea
0: no I don't I don't think it was a great idea um, but it's done yeah my vote my vote was one of those that went Towards it, so, and I could have, could we have made other decisions down the track? Yeah, we could. But um, will it, in essence, will it really affect my business long term? I doubt it. Um,
1: I truly doubt it. Um, okay. Well, thinking outside of the pippa box for a moment, uh, what about all those those companies that? Uh, Rely on fresh produce coming in from Europe. For example, uh, flower wholesalers, fresh flowers. Okay, you might yeah, need right. fresh uh, flowers, but those people aren't getting any product, uh, right? But
0: of course, that's that's the, the the reality of that is that you know it was all so much so last minute. Nobody really knows what paperwork. I I believe that sort of thing will. It'll settle down, and you know the dust will the dust will settle on that. And given a couple of months' time, that will all be um, all be back to as it was. I mean, I mean in terms of the product getting you get the the means to doing it is going to be different for sure. But I think that you know people will work out what they got to do, and it'll be done. Will there be costs involved? I think there's got to be costs involved in it. Um, simply because it's going to take time for more people to do more paperwork, to do more everything else. Um, and, and, and will it be beneficial to UK farmers, for instance? Not really. Um, definitely not. In fact, you know, I mean, it's, um, you know, we all know that, you know, the flowers that we see, the majority of the flowers that we see in England come from Holland, I would guess, you know, and that's where they're going to come from. Um uh,
1: we know yeah, it's it's that it's, but that it's, it's time... getting to England before they wilt, and that is one of the big issues. Yeah, okay. So so at this
0: at this moment in time, yes, I agree that it's it, it's a it's a problem, but you know, come on, we all we all um, evolve and work out how to how to make things work in the end. I mean, that's the nature of human beings.
1: Yeah, but the, the nature of uh, evolution especially if you're thinking it from a Darwinian perspective, is that the strong or recently mutated ape with the longer arms that can reach the fruit that no other ape can reach uh, survive. And that the uh, less gangly or weaker they fizzle out and perish. Just Uh, put high
0: heels on, darling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a Pippa-esque answer that was! <laughs> now there is, there is actually a benefit. So I don't want people thinking I'm, I'm a Brexit negative here. Um, I'm Brexit agnostic. Yeah. While I'm in this seat wearing this T-shirt, I'll be Brexit agnostic. Now, what are the benefits of it? Uh, which actually I only learned about uh, last night. I was watching a Current Affairs program. Which is something as a child I'd never thought I'd ever watch. It was something dad would watch and I'd be like, Oh god. Uh, but yes, I'm I watched the Current Affairs program. And what are the benefits from from an Irish perspective? And I would imagine this will translate into France Belgium and other countries with the lack of English product on the shelves. And um, that doesn't yeah, the average Irish supermarket is still fully stocked there's just the british uh shelf space uh tends to be emptier or empty uh, because they're not getting the product over uh irish or indigenous products are filling those spaces and so from a buy irish perspective uh we're seeing uh, a very positive shift in the curve for uh irish producers so for us, uh, one of the benefits of of the Brexit? Is as um, people are buying, you know, the, if they can't get the English version, they're going to get the Irish one.
0: Yeah, um, and I'm sure that will benefit every country at some stage. Yeah,
1: you know, which which can be a danger to the English uh, English producers. You know, if they lose that market share, uh, they may not be able to regain it. Still, I think brands like Heinz and that, Heinz beans, you can't beat them. Kellogg's cornflakes. Heinz means farts. (laughs) Technically. And yes, Pippa, thank you for an interesting chat about Brexit. I think uh, my takeaway from that is we still don't know what the hell we're dealing with, uh, but we hope it's going to get a hell of a lot better when people work it out. Yeah, I think that'd be a fair summary. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it'd be a fair summary. I think I think you're right. And um, my advice to just is, is to just put your head down, get on with what you've got to do. Um, listen to as few people as you, as few people as you can about it. Um, know the rules, live by them until it becomes obvious that
1: they're not going to be lived by, and then
0: do what you got to do. Um,
1: yeah, I think. Last week we spoke with Kitty McGowan and um, uh, a yacht agent uh, who's a member of the USSA. And I think her advice was, was pretty good, which was uh, use an agent. You know, don't presume, because there's a lot of new, new legislations come in, a lot of new rules come in. And if you've got crew who are uh, moving around or, you know, use an agency find out what you know what the rules are through them because less likely to make a mistake then but, yeah
0: uh, i agree i totally agree
1: yeah there's um, a reason these people are there I'll, and... I'll, yeah
0: there's a there's a lot of you know there's a lot of stuff on social media at the moment and a lot of uh would-be warriors would be everything else on there as there always is
1: Oh yeah, there's um, a, a lot of um, absolute authorities on things which are just people yeah. making up stuff and talking through the butts. Uh, yeah. Don't go to social media for your news or your, your your Brexit updates. I mean, it's it's interesting stuff, but to know uh, what what you can't do, to know if your license, um, uh, your tickets oh, yeah, are still sure. valid in the country well, you know, that you're in.
0: Yeah, um, and there's you know the MCA will will obviously you that correct that information pretty quickly yeah. um there's, there's 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 good help online for, through some of the government websites um i'm i'm signed up to a daily website uh that i get my information from and i'll just give you the keep it clean, keep it clean Pippa. no it's uh it's yeah well it's
1: definitely
0: it's uh, it comes from a daily update from government.gov.uk.co.uk. Sorry, daily update from government.uk for Brexit, and it comes from a government support cable from the Digital Cabinet Office. I signed up for it. Um, yeah, I mean, like for instance, today's one. Of course, it's. I'm I'm actually in yesterday now you're today's one I've got it yesterday if you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, list of customs agents and fast parcel operators uh, living in Malta carrying out international road haulage international road haulage HDD driver documents required e-commerce directive in the UK help and support for UK transition and um, overseas NHS visitors, non-HS NHS bodies implementing the changing regulations. All of these are headings and you click on it and it takes you and tells you all about the um, uh, the thing. The this tools. one here, the pre-lodgement model for controlling goods from the EU into Great Britain. Uh, why am I getting this email? Oh, you asked gov.uk to send <laughs> you one email a day about it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Manage your email preferences. Yeah, so I signed up for that, and I get that, and I read a little bit of it every day. Um, can't actually tell you what the. Um, I guess if you went to the the gov. dot uk website, there's a section on it somewhere that tells you where to get it. I I just happened to look uh, look at something one day, and I I got to a screen. It said Brexit. Check out of the rule, new rule. Sorry. How the new Those rules affect teeth. you? Yeah, and I and I clicked on that, and I got given this email to do it. And I so I did. In fact, if I click on the same link today, I get a Brexit ex, uh, exit strategy. How does it affect you? Are you British, Irish, another you? And then you click through that. You click through a, a list, and the next thing you know is you get this email. So um, yeah, it, it, it's been. I, I, I found it quite good. Not a lot to do with the yacht side of it, of course, but um, you know, in the general, but general other side of it, it's been brilliant. I've found out, learned a lot. Of quite learned a lot about uh, road rules, um, driving licenses, that sort of. You know, but um, that's and,
1: another thing. I mean, a boat pulls into a port somewhere, and they want to hire a car based on their English driving license. Yeah, is, that is that or is it? Yeah. No
0: difference to the rest of the world. You know, there was a whole thing going around about um, for ages that you're going to need an international driving permit to go and drive, in. and there are some countries that you do, but the normal the normal, run-of-the-mill countries that we are all been traveling to, you know, the France, the Francis, Spain, the Italy, so that sort of thing, um, it's the same driving license. It's like if you've got a plastic it's driving same, license. It's the,
1: same, it's the same driving license, but, you know, it's um, uh, if, 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 if one goes to... Uh, I did, let me let me pick a place uh non eu place i don't know switzerland or somewhere like that <clears throat> liechtenstein there you go um the the recognition the recognition of your uk driving license is based on a an agreement between the eu and that country and having left um the eu England now has to renegotiate or re-agree all those agreements with individual countries. So potentially there's a country out there that doesn't no longer recognize right. the English driving license because there's no agreement in place to recognize it.
0: Right. And those countries are the ones that you need the international driving permit for. Yeah. Um, and I, on this website that I was telling you about, I've just gone and put in driving and Liechtenstein today, and Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein, you know, uh, approves a UK driving license. Um, is, is, it accepts the driving license that you have. So, yeah.
1: um, there are other countries that may not. So it's yeah probably a good idea just in the early days to check these things out. Don't assume that your UK documentation or your UK license um, will be applicable because it may not yet be as yeah. in the Spanish situation you know your skipper's license uh, on a, a Spanish flag boat as of last week what I read in the Spanish papers uh, 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 it's, an, it's it's no it's,
0: it's a, there's a there's a funny when you click on this this link that there is there for driving in time driving is on the right side of the road and I guess that you have to take that into <laughs> perspective really is it is it because here in the in the US the left side is considered to be the right side. Or, where, the um, correct side. Of course. Yeah, do you know why of course in know, France?
1: Do you know why the <laughs> in English France drive, they on drive
0: the down
1: left. the centre Oh yeah I do, but it's a long story. Um no, it's it's well, I, the, I know
0: the reason I was given.
1: What was the reason you were given?
0: Well, what was yours?
1: Um horse-drawn carriages that the driver of the carriage typically right handed. They didn't want people on the street being whipped by accident. And uh, therefore by driving on the left. So, the whip was in the yeah. centre of the road.
0: So similar style of idea. The story that I had given to me many, many, many moons ago was that back in the medieval times, if you were born left-handed, you were born of the devil. So the, the boys in the it, the boys were were usually put sleep on birth if you were showed tendencies to be left-handed. So everybody grew up uh, using their right hand to hold the sword to fight so of course to use to, to fight you oh, must yeah. move to the left to, to fight so you would, you know so carriages and things chariots move to the left and then bonaparte came along and said <laughs> as he would and he said the peasants must move to the other side of the road so my armies can always move in a fighting you know be ready to fight whenever they move and so if you look at the world anywhere that was french Originally is now left-hand drive, Um, Hmm. and everything that was British territories is right-hand drive, and then America. Well, what the hell? Who knows? I mean, they just make their own bloody minds up anyway, don't they? They, Yeah, they're still
1: trying to get to grips with roundabouts.
0: But they wouldn't. The traffic circles, don't.
1: They call them traffic Traffic circles. circles. (laughs) I remember they started adopting those in the mid '90s, and uh, rank confusion. As to what to do. With
0: well, them. there's one in there's there's one in Fort Lauderdale, and it's uh, it's um, on the back road, uh, right beside uh, the bank where where Kim used to work, um, the, the um, Bank of America, just off of 17th. And it's only a tight, it's a dot one, you know, it's a dot in the middle of the road one, mm. and it's been there ever since I I've been there because you can tell all the Europeans that get to it because they all look at it and which way to go and. But the English just drive straight over the middle of it because it's a dot.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear, it's a, it's a, God, it's a nightmare. I've had I've so, nearly so many accidents there when Kim worked there, I used to go to pick her up from work and things. So many accidents on it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But it's the only one that I can think of. In, in um,
1: I think in, the, um, one of the early adopters was Kentucky, and as you say, they had an ambulance standing by. Um, because people just couldn't fathom this idea of well, why would you want to drive around it to Junction? Anyhow, we're digressing. And that was uh, that was a pre Brexit uh, export as well. Circles in the.
0: So actually, <laughs> go back to the Brexit discussion. There's, when I go to the driving in Lichtenstein document, if you. Have a, they, which now this is this is why we have confusion all over the place because if you look at their document, this is the government's document from Liechtenstein, it says that if you come from a country outside of the EU or have a paper-style driving license, you are required to have an international driver's per- permit. Yeah.
1: So. Um, and there will be a lot of people actually in the UK with paper driving licenses. Really? People still gone? Well, I, I got my, I, when, I, when I was X, ex- whatever, 18, uh, I got an Irish driving license. I moved to England, as many did after leaving college. And um, I changed my Irish driving license for an English license as I was resident over there. And I got a paper license. And the paper license was valid until I was 65 years old. And so I put it in my wallet, and I've carried that with me for decades. And it was only uh, five, six years ago, because I lost the the license, that's a long story, uh, that I had to apply for a new license. And that's when I got the, the kind of credit card style license. But had I not lost it, I'd still have that paper license. Why change it? It works till I'm 65. And I don't think I'm alone yeah. on that.
0: Well, I know, you know, I, I must admit, I mean, I had a paper license for a long, long time. And then um, when I got my first card license, you know, the, the standard card that we get now, I thought that went through, I think, I thought in England it went through to you were 75. But anyway, the, um, uh, it, I was then told, on on one occasion, whilst stopped being stopped by a police officer for exceeding to achieve the the speed limit, um, that my license was invalid because the photo was out of date. But and apparently the photo is only a ten year. So whilst the license date shows, it's I think seventy five years old. Seventy five. Yeah, I think it does. Um, the the license the actual document itself is only as valid as long as the picture is which is every 10 years oh, so it's a bit um, of a
1: con job he,
0: yeah he was he was actually a really nice guy he let me go again another one of those guys that let me go hmm. uh yeah so i'm i'm while we're talking here i'm just uh flicking through these different countries you know and these are post brexit things here so spain quite happy to have a you don't need a while it's not a requirement, an IDP are recognised in Spain, uh, IDP being an international driving permit. Of course, they're issued by the post office, what the hell they've got to do with it, I don't know, or the AA, I think, um, in, in England. So, I mean, they're only a piece of flimsy paper. They're not really... Um, how long can I drive in Spain and my non-UK licence after the transition period? Six months. Um, so, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a...
1: Even even when you go to Google, there's so much misinformation, isn't it, about it all? This is why you want to either don't go to Google, go to either a government site, or yeah. if you're about, go I, to go to an I, agent.
0: Absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah. Do not listen to walk on the plank. The no, and don't, don't listen yeah. to us. Pippa and, and Dave, sorry.
1: <laughs> uh, that could that could be our advertisement. Yeah, Pippa and Dave, walking the plank, do not listen to us.
0: <laughs> you do, I can crazy.
1: see the bus. I can see our pictures emblazoned on the side of a bus. The show yeah. you should not listen to.
0: Absolutely. It's bullshit. Well, anyway. On,
1: on, on that standpoint. On...
0: <laughs> I need to go back to work. Come on, it's 1.34 in go, the morning. Go back I need work. to go back to
1: work. I and, do. Uh, watch out for those radars coming on.
0: Yes, <laughs> that was quite an amusing little video, I thought. Um,
1: I, Just, was... For those of you who don't know, Pippa was uh, recording a video and mid-vid, somebody turned on the radar, which uh, obviously the surface water sprayed all over her.
0: It's 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 been tipping it down and rain in uh, Hawaii for the last 24 hours, and the radar, the beam was full of water, and as they turned it on, there I am Splash. in the video, and uh, <laughs> like, gallons of water off the radar above my head anyway yeah it was quite amusing
1: early entry into the wet t-shirt competition of Hawaii
0: absolutely alright anyway well, me.
1: stay safe enjoy your time on a boat in Hawaii looking on shore at all the things you could possibly be doing and yep. until next time thanks for listening thanks, thanks for Thank joining us here you. on walking the plank
0: it's goodbye from him
1: and it's goodbye yeah, it's from. Goodbye her. from.
0: <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Walking the plank with Pippa and Dave. Super yacht radio.